Hey lady, it's Dr. Dom here. If you like this show and you want to make your own, let me tell you about the free platform Anchor. It's a creation tool that allows you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. You can add songs from Spotify and create any type of content that you are looking for. Anchor will distribute it all for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and more. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Hey everyone, I'm Jen. And I'm Jess. And we're the hosts of the beauty podcast, Fat Mascara, here to tell you about Strivectin's new Super C Retinol Brighten and Correct Vitamin C Serum. We often interview dermatologists on our podcast, and two of their favorite skincare ingredients to recommend are retinol and vitamin C. This serum has both in one lightweight, layerable formula. The new Strivectin serum helps to smooth fine lines, and it's clinically proven to visibly brighten and firm skin. To learn more about Strivectin's Super C Retinol Brighten and Correct Vitamin C Serum, visit Strivectin.com. On this week's episode in Her Space. Because I think for some people, what can happen is because they're doing Zoom for work and school, and then we say, okay, as a family, we're going to get on Zoom. People who are experiencing this Zoom exhaustion, they're going to say, nah, I'm good. I don't want, I'm opting out because it feels like a continuation of school and work. And it feels like a continuation of the thing that is exhausting them. And so if we center it around a particular activity, then that makes people want to participate. Today's episode is sure to provide you with motivation, inspiration, or even a fresh perspective. If you have any aha moments or if you feel comforted throughout the episode, lady, please leave us a review and tell us what we're doing right so we can stay on track. Also, we release episodes every Friday, so be sure to subscribe on iTunes and visit herspacepodcast.com and enter your email address to get updates about our live events and all the new beginnings that we have for this year. Welcome to Her Space, a podcast dedicated to uplifting women like you. We're We're your hosts, Dr. Dominique Broussard, a college professor and psychologist, and Terry Lomax, a techie and motivational speaker. In a world where Black women are often misrepresented and misunderstood, please join us as we initiate authentic conversations on everything from fibroids to fake friends and create a safe space where Black women can just be. Hey lady, it's Dr. Dom here from the Her Space Podcast. Do you have a burning question you're dying to get feedback on? Do you want an unbiased perspective on a situation you're facing? If so, visit herspacepodcast.com and click Ask Dr. Dom under the Start Here option. Every Tuesday, I'll choose a few questions and answer them at random. Happy Friday, lady. It's Mother's Day weekend, and we know that we are all at home. So hopefully you have a great Mother's Day weekend and you find a way to celebrate the amazing women in your life. We do want to take a moment to just acknowledge the amazing mothers and mother figures and everything in between on this Mother's Day weekend. Yes. And today's episode is sure to come in handy as you think about your Mother's Day plans this weekend. So be sure to listen and write down those tips. So, T, are you ready to dive in? 
I'm ready to dive in, girl. I'm excited that we had our Instagram live this week where we talked about Mother's Day. So now I'm ready to dive into this next chat so we can talk about how to get the most out of this weekend. Yes. All right. So our quote of the day, imagine if you go to a bar and in that same bar, you talk with your professors, meet your parents, date someone. Isn't that weird? That's what we're doing right now. That quote comes to us from Gian Piero Petrogelli, an associate professor at INSEAD. And that quote is so on target for describing the conversation today about what is life like in the virtual Zoom world. So, T, it's been what, eight weeks, seven weeks? I've kind of lost track. It's been a long time (laughs) since Mm -hmm. we have been sheltering in place and engaging in this virtual way of living life. What has it been like for you? To be honest, Dom, as an introvert and someone that really gets their energy being alone and in solitude, I'm also a homebody. I can turn on the extrovert, but girl, I've actually been fine. I've been having a goddamn ball. Okay. I've been, (laughs) I have been scheduling Zoom chats with the family. I've been going to the twerk class on Zoom. I've been working out with the trainer on Zoom, you know, chatting with the friends on Zoom. I mean, I've been just kind of doing, you know, doing my thing, doing work on Zoom as well. So I, I wouldn't say that I have fatigue. I would just say that it's like a new norm, but I've actually been comfortable overall. I'm not even going to lie. Okay. I got questions, but (laughs) we'll get into those questions that I have in a moment. But (laughs) how about you, Dom? You know, I would say for me, I have been okay as well. And I think, you know, I, in a previous episode, like I talked about like how I'm an ambivert or like kind of that person who is okay being introverted, being to myself. And, but also, can thrive in social interactions. And so, and I say thrive in social interactions, meaning that I thrive off of the energy of other people. That makes sense. And so I think with that though, so for me, because I'm okay either way, what I have found is that, or what I've noticed has been the most helpful for me is that the tips that we're going to go through today were tips that I just naturally implemented from the beginning. And what I'm seeing now is that those tips have actually helped me from having that Zoom fatigue or that Zoom exhaustion that I'm noticing so many other people are experiencing. Mm, That's a good point, Dom. And you know what? Now that you say that, a few things came up for me. So I'm thinking about the nature of my new role at the company that I work at. And I I moved from a highly, I want to say, I moved from a customer facing role into a more internal role. And so if this were to happen a few months ago, I would be on calls constantly throughout the day. But a lot of my work is independent work. So that could speak to why I don't feel overwhelmed because I have a few meetings here and there, but it's not like a nine to five, like someone else that I was talking to. So I think that's a difference. And then I also have some extroverted friends that are like, yo, this Zoom 
is killing me. Like, I just want to see people in person. I want to hug somebody. You know what I mean? I just want to touch people. And so I know that they're, some of the friends that reach out to me, they're also struggling because of that. But no, that's a good point that you make. Yeah. And I think that, you know, your friends that are struggling, the extroverted people who are struggling because they want to reach out and, and have physical contact. And that makes sense that it is extremely hard to do that virtually, right? That's impossible. Like you can't reach out and physically touch another person when you're looking at them from another screen, right? Not yet. <laughs> you know, you know, Girl, technology, technology. Who we knows might be able to reach through the screen, reach through the audio, your headphones, lady. We might be able to touch you one day. You never know. <laughs> I felt that tap on my shoulder, right? I, I you felt, felt that. that. I felt you felt that. that. <laughs> But I think, too, that what it does is there's these neurological components, neurobiological components that come from having to constantly engage with a screen Mm. that provide something different than what you have when you have an in-person interaction. Right. So. From my research, as I was like preparing for this episode today, one of the things that I noticed, one of the things that researchers are, are pointing out is that when you are engaged via screen, that you may miss out on certain body language cues, right? And so for me as a therapist, there are things like if I'm doing a therapy session online, I find myself more actively engaged to look for the nonverbals, right? But I'm not going to be able to see everything. I can't see if their foot is tapping, right? Mm -hmm. Because they might be a little anxious. I can't see if they are pulling at a, a bracelet on their wrist because they're anxious, like those are little small nuances that I notice when I am physically in front of someone that I can't see on the screen. So I have to be pay more attention to their facial expressions, right? Yes. And pay attention to what are their eyes doing. And so for me, I notice that because that that because that's part of my role in doing telehealth that I do find that that takes a lot more energy on my part Mm -hmm. to be focused in in that way. Something else the researchers were talking about, and let me know if you find yourself doing this, because I realize that I'm going to admit that I do this. I do this is that people will find themselves being easily distracted by their own image on the screen. Oh, yeah. (laughs) All the time. (laughs) I'm like, do I look crazy right now? Oh, yes. <laughs> yes. You know what's funny? Now, I know someone, and we always tease them. I'm not going to like say anything else like that gives it away, but this one person that me, me and a lot of people know, me and some friends know, he, when he does calls, he'll put his face as the big face and like be looking at himself the whole time. <laughs> <laughs> that's so cute. But that's a good point, Dom. Yeah. I, but you know, I think with that, what that does is that causes you to be less engaged, right? Mm-hmm. Like if you're concerned about, okay, what does my hair look like? Can they see this shirt that I'm wearing? Can I get away with not wearing a bra? Like how do I? Right. Or, or no pants. Yes. Yes. Because <laughs> you know how. 
girl, I had dressed up head to ankles the other day for this event online and had my fluffy pink slippers. And I was like, yes, this is the life right here. Okay. I can just put on my little dress and wear my slippers. <laughs> <laughs> now, were, was everyone, were you, did you have to stand up or did you accidentally knock your camera over so that people Ooh. ended up seeing those pink fluffy slippers? You know what? Luckily I did not, but there was, you know what? I was thinking when we were live on our Instagram at Her Space Podcast on Instagram, when we were live on our Instagram, I remember my camera fell, Dom, and I was like, oh, I'm so grateful. I didn't have nothing crazy around me. You know, like my, my, I don't know, my toes were off and they were crusty or I mean, my toes were off, my socks were off and my toes were crusty or like, you know, something <laughs> crazy where it's like, they're like, oh, damn, I saw that. It made me think about that. But girl, did you see the video of poor Jennifer who was on that Zoom call with her team and thought poor her Jen. camera was off and went to the bathroom, girl? Poor Jen. Poor Jen. Yes. I that saw was video. so cringeworthy, Dom. It was so cringeworthy, but also it was kind of funny because of everyone's reactions. Lady, if you have not seen that video, just Google, what is it? Work from home toilet chat? Or yes. Jennifer bathroom and it, it should pop up on Google. But Dom, the thing is, I was like, yeah, this is funny. But I was like, yo, I would actually be mortified. Like, you know, I have we, we have webcam covers on all of our stuff. Like I would be absolutely mortified. And I'm sure poor Jennifer, she went viral. I'm sure she was, too. But goddamn, that's yes, pretty bad. It is. And you see how I immediately laughed. But yes, I would. If I were Jen, I would be mortified. Yes, girl. And but I, I think you raise a good point that people probably want to think about is investing in and I say investing like it costs a lot of money. It really doesn't. But investing in the camera covers, right? Mm -hmm. So that and I know I probably need to get one on my phone, but yes, I have one on my laptop. And so sometimes what I'll do is if I'm gonna walk away from the screen. I will just shut that as opposed to stopping video. Exactly. And then sometimes I might do both. So then that way, there's no chance. And I mute myself. Mm -hmm. There is no chance that you're going to see or hear anything that could cause me to be mortified <laughs> later <Girl>. on. <laughs> okay. And I'm working in tech. I peep what some of the executives do. And so as soon as I saw that, you know, a few executives and even like Mark Zuckerberg has the webcam cover, I got webcam covers for all of my devices, including my cell phone. It was really hard to find one for the type of phone that I have. I think it's the iPhone X. It was really hard to find one, but girl, I made it work. I don't do face recognition on my phone anymore because the webcam cover on my phone covers it. And I'm like, I'd much rather not be able to do face recognition and just remember my password instead of being caught out here slipping. So I don't have that anymore. And then also they have these little, I forget what it's called, but it's like a mic blocker where you plug it into where your headphone jack is and it cuts off the mic totally. So if someone were to, and y'all working at Facebook and other tech startups, I done seen some things where you delete something or you think something isn't recording and someone can hack your shit. So I am very paranoid now. And so I got one of those two down where you can just plug that bad boy in and they can't hear or see anything from your device. 
Wow. Okay. So that you're hipping me to something that I wasn't even aware of about the <laughs> microphone thing. So yeah. lady, make sure you scroll down in the show notes so that you can get yep. the links to purchase these items so that you don't, you're not out here caught slipping. Yes. And they're super cheap down. I can't remember exactly how much, but they're like what, less than 10 bucks. Yeah. Like I think the, yeah. the camera covers I ordered and they were like, yeah, less than 10 bucks and more than one came in the pack. Yep. You get several. So you get some white, you can get some white ones. You can get black too. I would recommend getting white on your like device. If the, if the webcam area is black, just so you can easily see when it's closed or open. Cause sometimes if you put the black on black, you can't even see if it's open and then it defeats the whole purpose. So just little pro tip. <laughs> Dom was like, Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> and then Dom, I just wanted to share one more thing before we jump into these five tips. Okay. Okay. I realize that when I'm on video, I tend to be a bit more enthusiastic because of the fact that I'm like, okay, especially if I'm doing a presentation or something, I'm like, I need to, I want to keep the audience engaged, right? I want to keep my colleagues or whoever I'm chatting with clients, or whatever, I want to keep them engaged. And so I find that I'm a bit more energetic and enthusiastic. And for me personally, that then leads me to feel exhausted. So Ooh, that's a good, point. yeah, because is- I'm on even more. Right. And so I think, too, that it also kind of like what you're raising is this notion that it may depend on your profession and the nature of what you have to do during these Zoom interactions. Right. So if you are the person who is leading the meeting and you have to be on, then yes. And you are and you're leading like multiple meetings throughout the day. Then, yes, I can see where you would be easily exhausted. Mm-hmm. But if you are the participant and you are participating in multiple back-to-back meetings, then I could also see where you're exhausted because you're having to constantly look at this person who's speaking mm-hmm. and make sure because everybody can see you unless you chose to hide your video, everyone can see you. So the last thing you want is to get caught sleeping. Or be that person who in every meeting is obviously looking at their phone or looking at some other device or scrolling through other screens on their their laptop. Right. And then you look completely disengaged. And I get it. Like, I think, you know, like if you are sitting in a four hour meeting and you have no breaks, then. I would check my phone multiple times. I would shut my video down multiple times. Like there is, I think that it is unrealistic to expect people, considering the times that we're in right now, to expect people to sit through our meetings that are multiple hours without a break and expect mm-hmm. them to be actively engaged the entire time. Yeah, that's tough. So T, you ready to dive into the tips so that we can, you know, as we're listening to this, we can be, we can make sure that we're not that person who is always disengaged because we're so exhausted. Yes, ma'am. Let's do it. Let's do it. Okay. So this first tip is one that I implemented from day one that I think really was like one of the best things for me. I use a different device and or platform to differentiate between work and social. 
So what that means for me, what that looks like for me, and it's going to look different for everybody. But what that looks like for me is that I use my laptop for work and I sit at a desk and that. And so like I have that clear physical boundary of this is for work. And then when I'm socializing. So even if I use Zoom to socialize, although like I try to like use like FaceTime or other things, if I'm using if I'm going to socialize. I use my iPad or my phone and I'm sitting on my sofa or I'm walking around my apartment. Because for me, what that does is that allows me to have that physical boundary and that physical boundary creates that mental separation as well. So I mentally, it feels like two different events. Does that make sense? That makes perfect sense. And I love that because I have no boundaries. I'm just working and doing stuff. It feels like I'm just doing stuff all day, but I love that. And so maybe I, hmm, I may have to explore how that'll look in my life. So thank you. Yeah. Okay. So like, okay. So like, talk to me about like when you do, like, I know you've offline, we've talked about how you've done like game night with like friends and family. Mm-hmm. And so what does that look like? Are you sitting in your office doing that? Or are you somewhere else? Well, okay. I don't know, Don. Maybe. Okay. Now I'm trying to think if this could be a problem for me. So I do sit in my office. I will say I actually love my office and I'm comfortable there, but I do sit in the office. We did it over Zoom when we had our family game night and what we did, you know what we did? So we used the Zoom backgrounds. And what I did was I took a little screenshot. I went to Google Images. I took a screenshot of my grandmother's house where we, you know, everybody was like raised and that's like the the big house that everyone goes to. And I put that as my backdrop. And girl, I lied to you not. As corny and cheesy as that sounds, my siblings are all on the East Coast. And I actually felt really close to them. Like I, it felt kind of special. So they all put their own little backdrops of fun stuff. And some my other sister, I think she put the same backdrop at my grandmother's house. And we were not there, but it just felt good to see each other and to see those backgrounds. You know what I mean? Yes, that sounds, I think <laughs> I might try to incorporate that the next time yes, I'm girl. doing like a Zoom, like social hangout. And yep, it's the little things. Mm-hmm. It is, it is. And I like what you, like your game night, because what that, that leads us to our next tip, which is centering your social meetings around an activity, right? So like you said, like doing game night. So the family all agrees, like everybody agrees, here's this activity that we're going to engage in. And then that way people feel more enthusiastic about showing up, right? Mm -hmm. Because I think for some people, what can happen is because they're doing Zoom for work and school, and then we say, okay, as a family, we're going to get on Zoom. People who are experiencing this Zoom exhaustion, they're going to say, Nah, I'm good. I don't want, I'm opting out because it feels like a continuation of school and work. And it feels like a continuation of the thing that is exhausting them. And so if we center it around a particular activity, then that makes people want to participate. Yes, I could not agree more, Dom. I think that's on point. And I would also say like, if you are in the work setting, Dom, have you ever heard of Kahoot? No. No. So Kahoot is, I'm going to go ahead and type it out so I can spell it for you. So Kahoot is K A 
H-O-O-T. And this is not an ad or anything. It's just a tool that we use at my job that we all really like. And so I did a training a couple of weeks ago and it was like a bunch of professionals, about 20 professionals or so. We're all on the Zoom. And I'm like, Lord, I got to bring all the energy, okay? Because you got to keep 20 people entertained and you know engaged. And so what we did was I told them at the beginning that we would have a quiz, like a fun game or like you know, competition at the end. So Kahoot is a free game-based learning platform and it makes it fun to learn, but you can custom make your games. And so for me, if I do a training, I'll then create a Kahoot game around what we talked about in the training. So that way, when they play the game, ideally they were paying attention to the training, they play the game. There's like this very, I'm going to say anxiety inducing music, but only because I'm competitive. And when I hear that fast music, it makes me like anxious, but it's fun. <laughs> so it's this like dun, 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 you know, fast music, right? So you got the mm-hmm. fast music, you have the game, and then they choose winners at the end based on who gets the most questions right and they answer the fastest. Now, the cool thing is with Kahoot, you can do it on your computer or your phone. So what I had everyone do in the training as we're in Zoom, I had them pull out their phone, go to the, the special site, and then we did it. And it was really cool. Oh, that sounds exciting. That definitely sounds like a way to like break up some of the monotony in a work meeting that I think can is also part of what leads people to feel exhausted because it feels monotonous, right? Mm-hmm. And so if it's feeling monotonous and it's physically draining you to sit and be look at the screen and try to focus your energy on the person who's speaking, I could see where people get easily can be easily distracted, easily want to disengage and then walk away and say, I'm done with this. Like I'm tired of Zoom. Yes. So, lady, Dom and I want to share something with you. We have a very exciting virtual event coming up on May 25th at 10 a.m. Pacific Standard Time. That'll be 1 p.m. Eastern Time. And here's the thing. If you visit our Instagram at Herspace Podcast and you click the link in our bio, you can enter your email address and we'll send you more information and we'll send you the actual Zoom link so that you can join us live. Our goal is actually going to be Memorial Day, so many of us should be off. Our goal is to connect with you on a deeper level. And Dom, I don't know about you, but we've been seeing the downloads. We have hundreds of thousands of amazing women and men as well that listen to the podcast and we want to connect with you. But I I don't know, Dom, I feel like usually when we go live and even on Instagram, we don't really see a lot of faces there. No, we don't. And I think that, you know, we want to see a lot of faces. Yes, we want to see you. Yes. So (laughs) be sure to send us your email address so that you can connect with us on the Zoom live. And also, let us know what are good times. Like we fully acknowledge that this episode today is about Zoom exhaustion. And so <laughs> let us know about Ironic. what are good times for us to connect with you so that we can be in, we can practice what we preach and we can be intentional about the time that we set to connect with you. That means we have to make it fun, Don. We have to make our Zoom fun. Also, just FYI, I know sometimes you may listen to a podcast or like follow someone and you're like, I don't want to show up. It might be awkward or weird. We are like super down to earth and we have so much fun. Even the people that come to our IG live, shout out to you ladies. We have some fun on our Instagram lives, okay? Like yeah. they be lit. Yeah. It's all good vibes, all positivity. So meet us, meet us May 25th at 
10 a.m. Pacific Standard Time, 1 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. We're going to do a live show via Zoom and you can ask us questions live. You can respond live. We can feed off of your energy. It's going to be a really good time. So we hope that you click the link in our bio at Herspace Podcast and enter your email address and we'll send you more information about that Zoom live. Our next tip is to be intentional about scheduling. So T, how often do you do your family game night? At this point, I think we've done it once or twice. And we haven't been consistent because I have a lot of siblings, y'all. So, it's, and I'm trying to get a bunch of teenagers and then my other sister who's my age, I'm trying to get every, you know, we're trying to get everybody together. So sometimes it can be a little tricky, but we kind of just do it when everyone's feeling it and they're free. So in our group chat, we'll be like, hey, y'all trying to do game night this Sunday? Boom, let's do it. But I will say with the twerk class, that's something that happens every Saturday. And that has been something that's super therapeutic and dope too, to do over Zoom even. Okay. And so I, what I like about both of those things, right? So the first one, what I like about that and how that can prevent Zoom exhaustion for folks and to get people to be more enthusiastic about it is that it's not like you're saying, okay, every two weeks as a family, we're going to do this, right? Mm -hmm. It's somebody, the spirit moves somebody and they send the message out and then everyone else is like, cool, that day works for me. Oh, maybe it doesn't. Let's pick a different day. And you, it's whenever the spirit moves you as opposed to let's be, let's be pretty rigid about we're going to meet every couple of weeks. What ends up happening is, is that those first few times, I'm sure everybody, you know, was really excited and wanted to participate. But then after a while, people don't feel, don't feel enthusiastic about it. They don't, the burnout sets in, right? And so I like the idea of like moving when the energy feels good. Yes. Now I was going to say, you don't want it to be a chore because then it defeats the whole purpose, right? It's like, if we're like, oh, I got to go to the Zoom. Oh my gosh, I don't feel like it. Then it's like, okay, we should probably, you know, wait until the spirit strikes (laughs) until we are excited about this to resume, right? Exactly. And I think the other thing too, about how we can be intentional with our schedule. So like you said, like twerk churches every Saturday, right? And so that means that, okay, so you, to be intentional about it, to prevent exhaustion, like, you know, that's the one thing that really feeds your soul. So then you might not schedule like five other things to happen on that Saturday. You may schedule one or two other things so that you can truly bring energy to energetic energy to each of the different things that you're doing that day. Right. I know for me, one of the things that initially got me and I had to switch it up and really be intentional is that I initially was like, oh, bet like these virtual things like I was really excited about, oh, okay, I can connect with friends and family. And I remember, I think maybe that first or second Saturday, I had back to back things like I literally from like nine in the morning until like seven that evening, I had something on my calendar. Right. I realized after that Saturday, as much as I thoroughly enjoyed each of those different connections that I had, it felt draining to me to have all of that back to back. And I also found myself feeling guilty because I ended up having to be like, okay, 
after this certain time, I got to go on to the next thing, on to the next thing. When I was having a good time in each of those different events that I really wanted to stay longer, but I couldn't because I had my next, my next obligation. Right. Yeah. And so for me, what I learned after that was to be really be intentional about the scheduling. So one, not scheduling, if I know that I have a really long workday in terms of multiple meetings on like Zoom meetings, I'm probably not going to schedule any socializing at the end of that long workday because I know my introvert side is going to come out and I'm going to need to be like go into myself after having to be extroverted all day, right? And I might not want to schedule a social event every night of the week. I might want to give myself a little bit time, a little bit of time in the evenings to have just to myself. Because I know for me, I'm an ambivert. And so it's about finding that balance that works for you as an individual and be intentional about how you schedule things so that you're not becoming burned out or developing resentment towards the different events that you have scheduled. Amen, Dom. I concur with everything you just said. I'm with you. I'm over here like, yes, girl, preach. <laughs> For real. That's, and I think, some good tips. Yeah. And I think the next tip, tip number four, fits right into that, which, you know, and is a little contradictory for me, is to set time limits. Right. And so for me, when I look at that, that first weekend or two, I had time limits set, but not in the good way, right? I had time limits set because I had multiple meetings back to back. But I think moving forward, when you're more intentional about your schedule, you can set time limits if you know that you're a person who your energy gets drained after a certain amount of time, right? Or if you know that, okay, we don't have it centered around a planned activity. Because if you have it centered around a planned activity, that makes it, e- that's an easy stopping point, right? So that amount of like being intentional about the amount of time that you're spending with your family around that particular activity, it's easy for you to say, okay, we're done with this activity. I had a great time. Connect with you soon, right? A natural ending point. But if you don't have it centered around an activity, if you let people know ahead of time, hey, we're only doing this for 30 minutes or we're only doing this for an hour, then that also lets people know, okay, here's a set time frame. I can decide, does this time frame work for me? Is this, does this feel good to me? And 30 minutes, an hour, that doesn't feel for most people, 30 minutes it's 30 minutes flies by, right? So 30 minutes Mm -hmm. might not feel like a huge commitment and people may be more compelled to want to engage and participate because they know, oh, we've only, we're only in this for 30 minutes. So we got to dive in. That's a really good point. And you know what, Dom, I think that the busier I've gotten over the years and the more I value my own time, I typically, I think that's a general best practice just to have in place in life, you know, to set time limits. Like I know if it's not like a best, you know, a a good friend that I'm just catching up with, 
if it's, you know, someone that's not family per se, usually if I'm hopping on the phone with someone, it's like, okay, cool. Just to check in before we, you know, dive into anything. I have us, you know, chatting for 30 minutes or having us stopping at this time. I think it's just a good best practice to manage your time and to save your time. Because imagine someone calling you like, oh, girl, I want to talk to you over Zoom and pick your brain about X, Y, Z. Girl, you could be on that phone for all day. And then sometimes it's awkward in the midst of it when you're freaking exhausted and at your wits end to be like, okay, you know what? I have something else. I got to talk. I got to do this other thing or whatever. I think setting those agreements and boundaries initially, it makes it so much easier. Oh my gosh. Because <laughs> they already know. They're yes. looking at the clock with you. They're like, oh, okay. I know you only have five minutes because you know we said this in the beginning. So yes, get that time limit out there at the onset. Okay. Yes, exactly. And I think, you know, when you, it may be easier to set that time limit with uh, in a professional setting, right? Mm -hmm. I think we, at least for me, I'm going to speak for myself. I (laughs) might struggle with setting a time limit with friends and family. And, and so from, and and I know for me in terms of making those distinctions, that's one place where I do kind of like to make that distinction where if I'm doing a social thing, I might not if I've been intentional about my scheduling, then, <laughs> then I might not have a time limit on it because I want things, the natural energy to just kind of flow. Right. So like, I know there were a couple of zoom happy hours that I did with girlfriends and what's, I think one of them, it was supposed to be, it started out as a brunch, Right. And next thing we know, like we were just having so much fun, like catching up that and just discussion. So it wasn't like centered around an activity or anything. We were just vibing. And next thing we know, it was like eight hours later. Mm -hmm. And that's happened to me a couple of times where we just got into a flow. And I think I don't know if it was intentional on their end, but on my end, it was intentional that I did not schedule anything after those initial set times to meet because I wanted to just be to feel comfortable enough to just be present and see where things go. That's a really good point, Don, because you know what? I think there has to be balance. I think you're right. When it comes to the professional setting, it is easier and wise to set those time limits. I think with family, I can set the time limits if I legitimately have something to do. I know a while back, maybe a couple of weeks ago or so, my little sister and I, we were just FaceTiming. And I think it may have been a weekend because I usually don't stay up too late on the weekdays. But girl, we had FaceTime, I think it was like four hours. And afterward, I was like, oh, God damn. We were talking for a long time, but it was so good. We were in the flow. And it was what it was. Like I didn't have anything scheduled after. So I think those moments of us, you know, spending that quality time virtually, it is important, but I think it's just, it just, I guess we have to keep in mind like what's on our schedule and if we have the time to do it, right? Like if you have a boatload of work to do and then you're like, oh, I'm just going to hang out on this call a couple more hours. Then it's like, mm, then we might be stressed out later, but I'm with you. I think it really does depend on the situation. And I think there are situations or instances where we should leave our schedule open to connect with people in a deeper way. Yes. And I think, you know, what you pointed out was good that like, okay, so if I know that my little sister is asking to connect with me on this particular day, and I have like two other work obligations that need to happen, then I can combine those tips of being intentional and setting a time limit, right? So I can tell my little sister, hey, 
you know, I really want to connect with you, but this is the amount of time that I have to do it because I have these other meetings, right? And that way your sister can decide like, okay, well, is this going to work? Do we need to set a different time? Or am I going to have to be, am I going to go into this knowing that we have like 45 minutes, so I'm going to get right to it. We're going to dive right in, get to the nitty gritty and then be done. And then we can connect on a different time and just flow. And so that brings us to our final tip which is to take a break in between and during the meetings. So, you know, sometimes those four-hour work sessions, I like I said, like I mentioned earlier, I've heard instances where people have those four-hour work sessions and there's no break. If you're in a setting where there's no built-in breaks, we're all autonomous adults. We can set our own break, right? So four hours, and this this may be the professor and me coming out, but four hours is unrealistic to expect people to sit still the entire time. I know that when I have in-person classes that we take multiple breaks if we are there for multiple hours. Usually, and I think this also, my therapist in me kind of comes out in this part, is that usually like every 50 minutes or so, because that's for me, 45 to 50 minutes is the normal therapy hour. And so around that time, that's break. That's a natural break time for me, right? And so if I'm sitting in a four hour long meeting and there are no scheduled breaks and the facilitator of that meeting didn't mention that we're going to take breaks, then I institute my own breaks. <laughs> and I stop my video and I get up and take a break so that I don't end up like Jen, right? We don't want to be Jennifer. I get up and (laughs) walk away from, from my laptop, right? To just really give myself one, that opportunity to like stretch my legs and move around, get the blood circulating a little bit and to take that necessary bathroom break. Good for you, Dom. I need to do a better job of taking breaks. Sometimes I just get so wrapped up and there's so much to do. There's so much on my to-do list that I just sit, 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 type, type, type. And then I'm like, oh my gosh, eight hours has gone by and I've been sitting in the same position for eight hours. That's why I am very intentional about those weekly workouts mm-hmm. with the trainer over Zoom. Because if I don't do, if I don't have that forced function of me getting up and moving my body, girl, it would be bad for me. So I need to do that. But no, that's a really good tip. I appreciate that. And I, well, you know, I think what helps me is, so I have an Apple watch and what it does is it alerts me if it's time, when it's time to stand up. So if I've been seated for too long, I'll get like a little message that'll pop up that says, that says time to stand. And I think when I had, well, I think it was a Fitbit that I had, the Fitbit would vibrate every 50 minutes if I hadn't stood Mm -hmm. up. And so I think that there are ways in which we can set like alarms or alerts for ourselves, depending on what devices we have to remind us to get up. Another option, one thing that I just implemented this past week, which I had been doing in my work office, but realized I needed to do it in my home office is to have like a riser for my laptop so that like, I don't have a, an official standing desk. Like I know some workplace situations have that, but 
at home, like I have a riser and I put my laptop on that so that I can alternate between standing and sitting. Mm, Go ahead, Don. Look at you. That's very smart. That's a very good idea, especially with most of us, you know, having if, if we are working from home, we're sitting down as we work. So that's a very, very good idea. Yes, I think, you know, honestly, like we were saying at the beginning, you know, I implementing these things is why I really am not experiencing that Zoom fatigue or that Zoom burnout. And so, lady, we do want to recognize that a lot of you are experiencing that. And so we hope that you take these tips, try to implement them and recognize that these tips are not a one size fits all that you have to look at your individual situation and maybe look at the tips and make some adjustments that will work for you. So just to review our five tips to combat Zoom fatigue. One, use a different device and or platform for work and socializing. Two, center your social activities around an activity. Three. Be intentional about your scheduling, so balancing work and social. Set time limits. And then tip number five, take a break in between and during those meetings. Hey, lady, it's Terry here from the Herspace podcast, and I have a question for you. Do you want to start your own podcast? Have you been thinking to yourself, you know what? I want to start a podcast, but you just haven't taken the leap. If that's you, I got you. I'm hosting a free podcasting masterclass where I'm going to teach you how to create your own podcast from start to finish. I'll teach you how to format your show and pitch great guests. I'll teach you how to stand out in the crowd of nearly 1 million podcasts, but I'm also going to teach you how to get your mind right, okay? We're going to talk about how to overcome imposter syndrome and how to deal with fear on your podcasting journey. So even if you're not tech savvy, it's okay. This masterclass is just for you. So visit terrylomax.com and click on the pink link in the middle of your screen and register for my free podcasting masterclass. Again, that's terrylomax.com. T-E-R-R-I-L-O-M-A-X.com. I hope to see you there. Thanks for joining us today in Her Space. Please note that our show may contain conversations about self-help, advice, self-empowerment, and mental health, but it is by no means meant to be a substitute for an ongoing formal relationship with a trained mental health provider. If you or someone you know is in need of mental health care, please visit the Therapy for Black Girls directory, Psychology Today, or contact your insurance provider. If you liked what you heard and want to keep the conversation going, connect with us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at HerSpacePodcast, or check out our website at HerSpacePodcast.com. And before we meet again, repeat after me. There's something inside of me that's bigger than any obstacle. We'll see you next week, lady.